In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Joe-Man! Hello everyone and welcome to episode 326 of the Car Joe Mez Podcast. I'm Mez and my co-host as always is... I am the magistrate of Caravan City. That's right, I'm Captain Joe Shoes from the Car Joe Mez Podcast. Yeah you are buddy, how you doing? Oh, it's another another week where it's great to be me, Gomez. Well, I have to been hear that. stricken down... By almost incurable disease known as the fever. Oh, oh no. Yeah. The fever. Ugh, that's not fun. No. But thankfully, I've cured it. I've cured it with copious amounts of Dayquil, NyQuil, bottled water, and good vibes. <laughs> I was going to ask how you did. All right. Bottled water. That's good. So you no soda this week? You've been you've been a good boy. I haven't had any in the house, and I've been too sick to go get it. And I refuse to DoorDash a seventy nine cent bottle of soda and have it cost me ten dollars. <laughs> I love it. So that's good. See, it's a good thing because that helped you uh, fight this uh, cold you had there. Whatever no, I don't believe that. I I think if I would have had my typical bottle of Diet Mountain Lightning, I could have kicked this days ago. Damn, bro. I would have sent it your way then. I never want you to be sick because you're drinking water. It's terrible. <laughs> and you know here, like, it's that Florida water, so you know nothing good is comes from that. <laughs> Bro, I can't believe you're drinking Florida water. What are you doing? Well, it's, I'm drinking bottled water, but, like, it's not like I'm, I'm not going to drink Florida tap water. What, what am I, some kind of savage? I couldn't even imagine. Couldn't even imagine, bro. I bet you there's no fluoride enrichment in this water. I, w- I wonder what kind of wacky shit. Have you seen my teeth? Up. Look at the uh, look at them Ooh, look at them oh. chompers. Those are pearly Ooh. white teeth. I need fluoride. Oh, that white Ooh, brightness, bro! It's beautiful. Pearly whites there. <laughs> I am the first officer of the Fluoride Foundation. Whoa, that's some foundation. I didn't know that existed. I just created it. I've got a membership card. Typed it on a typewriter. uh, Is the fluoride uh, brainwashing us? Is this how they're controlling us? They put the fluoride in the water, right? No, that's the chemtrails. Oh, the the chemtrails. The chemtrails. (laughs) Because I know know they're trying to brainwash us or something. Oh, they're they're always doing something. Always. They. Always. (laughs) Can't trust them, bro. Can't trust them. Never can. I'm happy yeah. to hear you're feeling better. Yeah, I was, uh, no, I, I did the uh, Major Pod toy drive last week, last Thursday, 
And basically, as soon as I got back to Florida, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling exactly right. I went down to take a nap, took a little nap. By the time I woke up, I was like, oh, I am sick. And and I, I've stayed sick uh, for a few days, um, like literally laid out in bed, bad sick, had to get COVID tested, didn't have COVID. It was just really bad fever. I've been sick like this in quite a few years. So I guess I was due. Sure, that's one way to look at it. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Shitty thing to be due for. All right. Uh, I went to the toy drive, Joe. You did. Was, I saw you there. It was great. Uh, I went alone, though, because apparently my daughter is allergic to watching you wrestle. It's just unbelievable. It is just. Maybe it's her fault that I got sick. She sent the germs with you. I, I mean. I, I I guess I'm just a carrier because I haven't been sick. Listen, but, uh, it was supposed shock. to be two sealed wrestling figures at the door, not two sealed wrestling figures and a virus. <laughs> Bro, the shit is going on in school. It's just crazy. Uh, she had the flu. So we had five days of fevers, just not fun at all. And uh, she was fine up until the day of wrestling. Literally, the day before, she was fine. The day of wrestling... Oh, I woke up in the middle of the night, 102 degrees, bro. That's yeah, like, I was up to 103.3. Woo, that's bad, baby. That shit was That's boiling. like why Bret Hart lost to the Mountie that time. That fucking Mountie. Hey, he always gets his man. Hey, Bret Hart didn't have to wrestle. Come on. I think, what did they say in the... I, I want to say like Bobby Heenan so was on wrong. commentary. Like, yo, he had 112 degrees. <laughs> Like Bobby and the best, you know. As a kid, I'd watch it and be like, "Oh fuck, 112 seems like a lot." If I was a wrestler, right it is. if I was a wrestler with a 112 degree fever, and I had to defend my title, bro. I'm getting counted out, bro. I'm walking <laughs> to that ring. I'm fucking. I'm just slapping the ref right in the mouth. Just starting well, the match. This is why Money Inc. was the smartest tag team champions of all time. Anytime it looked like they were about run. to lose, they would just leave and get counted That's out. It. Brilliant, brilliant. That's what a heel should be doing. Fuck this, bro. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going home. That's it. But you think about that. There's a reason those guys had money. IRS, Ted DiBiase. There's a money goes to money, and there's a reason the rich stay rich, and it's because they do stuff like walk out in the middle of the match and get counted out so they can keep their titles. They're always finding the loophole, right? Gotta find oh that loophole. Exploit it. I bet you DiBiase paid less taxes than Jeff Bezos. Why do you think he's got a church now, bro? <laughs> he ain't paying no taxes. He's the real righteous gemstone. <laughs> oh, what a great show, bro. So good. Uh, yeah, so Toy Drive was Toy Drive was great. Um, over 7,000 wrestling figures donated uh, by the That's end. That's crazy. Um, wow. Met up with the guys over at Ringside Collectibles early in the day. They had already loaded a huge box truck, like floor to ceiling, That's to the crazy. very back end of the door, like absolutely completely packed. We dropped it off at Toys for Tots early in the day, and then another trip was made later once we collected all the donations from the actual wrestling show itself. So it was... I mean, just a ton of toys and so gives you that good feeling. You know, yeah. you did something good. And then it was it was cool to meet everyone at the show. Come getting their 8x10 sign. A lot of people had the 
eight by ten, the exclusive one you got yes, for donating ten toys. So I was really happy to see that because number one, it gave me something to do at the table, and number two, <laughs> it meant a lot of people did good deeds. Yes, there was a lot of a lot of those eight by tens. That's great to see. Awesome. Yes, it was good. I we met a couple fans at the show. Thanks for coming by, saying hello. Yeah. So if if you guys uh, were there, I know uh, Jeff Montavo was there. One of our mm. counselor Jeffs hooked me up with a Pepsi. He apparently <laughs> while they were waiting online, he bought pizza for all the people online. Oh, what a great guy! Uh, Tommy Sapienza, who's an avid listener of this show, hooked me up with some Entenmans. Oh yes, those were so good. There's there's these new Entenmans, folks. Oh my God, Oreo truffles. Woo! That's right. It was a cookies and cream truffle. I had Woo! I had a pack. Papa Bear Paul grabbed one. <laughs> you you grabbed one cpa grabbed one swaggle grabbed one everybody was yes. grabbing from my truffles so hey you had, offered yeah <laughs> dylan's little doo-doo chocolate fingers getting in fucking every little mitts <laughs> those were so good oh i gotta get more yeah it was a great time i love seeing uh, everyone come out there lots of toys and uh, it was a fun little wrestling show afterwards that's always fun you donate you get to meet everyone and then you get a wrestling show crazy yeah, I think that's a pretty cool uh, feature of the toy drive this year was to make it a wrestling show as opposed to, listen, the meet and greet that we did last I've only, last year was the first one I took yeah. part in and I had a great time doing that. But to have the wrestling show on top of everything this year and still get the meet and greet and, you know, have all these people and come and fill that building and you got a, a really good show. A lot of, you know, a lot of the CAP students are really good. I mean, Shook Crew is awesome. You know, to have Caster there with... Bryce and Bobby is awesome. And then Phil Cardigan, VSK, like those guys are great. The, the Even Stevens, I love those guys. Yeah, we do. Like so many of those guys are just really, really good. And then to have all the the name recognized talent that you had on this year's show, Super Crazy, Alex Riley, Tyrus, obviously Matt Bryan and Mark. I mean, that's a, a hell of a bang for your buck for, for two wrestling figures. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who just donated too, also. So, for those cheap uh clearance toys, a $10 ticket, bro, that's a good show. Yeah, can't beat that. No. Uh, so thank you guys for coming in, listening to episode 326 of the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you're listening to it. Leave a five star review, follow us on all the social media. At Car Jomez and Gomez, some people have been hitting us up with a little follow up. Oh, all right. Because as on? you know, last week we talked about algorithms and the importance of interacting with the content. So sure. we had a couple people who left some some reviews. Oh, snap! So first we have our man Joey Hudson, and mm, Joey likes to call himself the Weird Al Yankovic of wrestling figure collecting. He writes a lot of parody songs in, in reviews, and he didn't write us a song this time. Son of a but man. Joey is a past winner of our 8x10. But he wrote another review, five stars. The headline is, I love interacting with this content. <laughs> I was just telling multiple friends and family members how much I love to interact with content, and there's no content with which I love to interact more than the Car Jomez podcast. Love to hear it. Now, Joey, that is how you interact with content. Perfect. That's the Perfect algorithm content. boost. <laughs> exactly what we're looking for. 
Oh, and this week's winner is D Deadby, who left a five-star review titled Ooh. The Most Main Men in the Universe. Oh, yeah. The Most Water Hose Swinging, Beastmaster Praising, Main <laughs> Man Times Five Chatting Pod to Ever Exist. Drop that hoagie and stick this awesome audio in your ear holes. That's right, baby. Oh, so we love, love that. Thank you for That's the review. review. Remember to slide into those DMs and we'll get you one of those exclusive and limited now card Jomez 8x10s. But thank you guys. Remember to leave all the five-star reviews. We are officially at 50, and that is only partially on the way to our goal of 2 billion. Woo, we're almost there, baby. Getting closer all the time. Uh, But we do have a little bit of follow-up, Gomez. Last week, we discussed Amazon overtaking Netflix in the streaming wars. Yes. And one thing we did not mention, but is a good point. I think you and I had even talked about it off-air, but we did not speak about it on the show. Mike Frias hit us up on Twitter and said, one thing you failed to mention with Amazon Prime being number one, they're the exclusive home to NFL Thursday Night Football. And that is a really good point. Yes, it is. Uh, Football is king, right? And hell yeah, especially for the live events. And I guess because it's the exclusive home, people have the need to have it, especially the gamblers. And I mean, at this point, everybody's gambling on football. Gamble on everything, bro. Yeah, it's it's so easily accessible. It's not just uh, paper tickets that, you know, some guy from your dad's job who, you know, you know, runs some kind of backdoor pool anymore. You just go online and log in and create an account. So that obviously can't be understated. That's got to be a huge uh, portion of this is people who just want to get the Thursday night football games. I, the Thursday night football games have been fucking trash. Dreadful. Like, been absolutely atrocious. The way it used to be. That's how it was. I, like, people forget these games used to be only on the NFL network back in the day. So you couldn't watch these Thursday night games. And boy, it was so bad. When you finally got to see one, it was like, oh, this is this is what we've been waiting for. Ugh. So obviously that's got to play a part in there. How much of a, of a factor is it? I mean, obviously we can't say because no one's releasing any kind of numbers, but obviously it's that gotta, plays a part. It's got to be a big part because what else would make Amazon all of a sudden become number yeah. one? Like, you know what I mean? It's got to be. And our double main man, one of the Council of Jeffs, Jeff Manalia, he reached out. He took some screenshots that he included with this. Gomez, if you don't know about this, you're not going to believe this when I tell you. What's going on? He goes, so I'm strolling on Peacock looking for something Christmassy to watch. And while it ain't this, I swear that this summary sounds awfully familiar and that the trailer proves that that's what the movie actually is. He sends us a screenshot of a movie on Peacock from 2013 called Alone for Christmas. Alone for Christmas. The thumbnail is a tiny dog wearing a Santa's hat and doing the Macaulay Culkin, you know, ah face in the mirror. And the description is when a family leaves their dog home alone on Christmas Eve, the dog uses a variety of tricks to stop burglars from stealing the presents <laughs> under the tree. It stars Davis Cleveland, David DeLuise, and Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo is what it is. Now, you can't possibly tell me that there is another 
dog home invasion Christmas of movie. Of course, of course. Because you go, I want to make a Home Alone movie. How can we spice it up? Oh, I know a dog. Oh, my goodness. But I got to check this movie. I got to see if the dog, a trailer could make a movie look like many things. So I understand the trailer made it look like the dog is going to be doing shit. But I don't know. I don't trust it because I've seen some trailers where I'm like, yo, this movie is banging. And then the banging is fucking four minutes that happens. So I I just can't believe that, number one, the first movie existed. (laughs) Pups Alone that we watched two weeks ago. I can't believe. I mean, that was enough on its own. And then to hear that there's another movie from even years before that where it's like, oh, no. Kevin Sorbo, TV's Hercules. He needed to show you. I, I hope he's the home invader. I wonder. That's like if I Dolph see Lundgren was the bad guy in Pups Alone, Kevin Sorbo has to be the bad guy. That's in, funny. Uh, right? You see, and it came first. So our movie was playing off of that movie maybe. Like, oh, we, they had Kevin Sorbo. Let's get He-Man. Imagine being the producer of Pups Alone, and you just happen to have Peacock up, and you're like, oh, shit. You know what? I bet no one knows about this. Let me rip this off and make my own movie. <laughs> it's true. No one's talked about this movie. Come you know on. what? I, I bet you the, the dog in this movie doesn't talk. Oh. So this guy probably spiced it up because you know what? I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make this movie again, but with dogs that talk. Exactly. Because what do people love? They love when Kevin's Got that little quip at the end, right? When he's talking shit. So we got to have the dogs talking shit. Oh, man. <laughs> so Alone for Christmas is the name of the movie. Thank you, Jeff, for finding this, discovering this. You're the Christopher Columbus of horrible Christmas movies. I was going to say, are we happy that he found this? Are we? I mean, I appreciate him letting us know. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put it on. I'm, I'm not gonna watch. I'm gonna. Skim I'm not through. gonna watch it. No. <laughs> I'm gonna skim through, and I'm just gonna see. I'm gonna go towards the end to see if I get to see a dog do some Home Alone. I want to see a dog do Home Alone, bro. Imagine the movie's great. Imagine. I'm like, this movie can't be good. And at the end, I'm just fucking sobbing. It's, it's like a clapping. fucking banger. You're like, oh my god, oh what a. God. It fucking tugs at the heartstrings, and what you're like, a all of a sudden. It's like it's like the reunion scene once fucking Gus Polinski drops off Mrs. McAllister back to Kevin. At the, end. <laughs> the family comes running back to pick up their dog. Of course, you're gonna be sad if you don't have your dog, right? Or maybe oh they left. Oh well, they probably left the dog home on purpose, right? You leave a dog at home, right? That's I mean, I, I assume that they, whatever kind of Christmas festival it probably doesn't allow dogs. Next week, I'm going to come back with this. I, I, I'm i going to check it out. I got nothing going on. What, what, why? Now, now you're making me feel like I got to check it out, too. No, you do not have to check it out. I'm telling you right now. I, I'm not going to check it out. You don't have to check it out. It's just me. Curiosity. That's it. I just want to see a dog do Home Alone. Come on. Well, you know what they say about curiosity, Gomez. What happens? It killed the cat. Well, I ain't no fucking cat, bro. But you're a cat family man. I'm a cool cat. Oh, no, yeah. you're not. I got some follow-up, Joe. Oh, I can't wait. We be talking about Black Adam a lot on this show. Mostly (laughs) making fun of it. Talking about how stupid the movie was. And also talking about how this movie ain't make no fucking money. Well, that depends on who you're listening to. (laughs) 
boy, oh boy. So I seen recently, right? The the reports have been this movie is gonna lose about like two hundred million. I think is something like that, that, yeah, something like that, right? And then I saw The Rock come out and say some shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes, bro. The Rock says the movie did not lose money. Yeah, bro. The movie. This movie's gonna be profitable. What are you talking about? And just popping off at the mouth, showing if, if receipts. You apparently, in fifty years of VHS rentals and cable <laughs> agreements and streaming service payouts. Then yes, after fifty years, I guess the movie will be you know break even. So apparently, The Rock. When he wants to pop off at the mouth, he's got to have receipts. But these ain't proper receipts, bro. These are little forged receipts. These receipts are telling a story that it ain't true. Apparently, The Rock is, has sneaked in some future earnings, which is already supposedly uh, already on the high end. Like, this is already like, yeah. if the best case scenario happens, we could do this. And so The Rock's like, oh, so we're doing this. And he puts it in there, and he sweetens it up. Listen. No, no one expected this movie to make all this money. Like, I, I know The Rock is delusional because he's been trying to make this movie for 10 years. But we all saw the trailers. We all knew the power of hierarchy was not about to change at all. Yeah. No. And so he's delusional. Have you noticed, has, has The Rock said anything about James Gunn? Right? The Rock uh, popped. No. Right? I, like, I, I did like... see there was a thing online about James Gunn and Henry Cavill. Yes. So here's the thing. Do you feel bad for Superman? Because it seems like he quit his job because he got a new job. And then the new job's like, nah, homie, we didn't tell you to quit that job yet. And now he's got no jobs. Well, here's the thing. Number one, he's kind of Superman until further notice right now. Sure. Some some blogger came out of the woodwork and started tweeting James Gunn like, "Why do you hate Henry Cavill?" And James Gunn's like, "Um, I don't." And he's like, "Well, I have a lot of industry sources that say you do." <laughs> and James Gunn replied something back like, "And I have seven sources that just told me you got kicked out of your mom's basement." <laughs> Which, listen, it's funny, whatever. But I hate the. Yes. mom's basement thing when it comes yes. to people in these like that was like one of triple h's go-to's for everything yes. it's like 30 years oh, later oh what you you and the other seven people on the internet uh on aol 3.0 who uh care this much like enough like stop everybody's on the internet now we all have fucking twitter until further notice like yeah. it's it's not a, a snappy comeback but the guy's going to redo everything. They already canceled Wonder Woman 3. He obviously is going to have some distinct vision of his own on how to set this up and where to take it. Why we think we need Henry Cavill in this position is beyond me. Because while I don't think he was a bad Superman, let's not mistake ourselves into thinking anything with him as Superman in it was all that good. No, but the thing is, we like him as Superman, so we want to see him be able to actually be Superman, not be this Superman that's like, well, this is not what Superman does. Because when he was able to be Superman, he was great. He was wonderful at it. So I don't know if his... He made a tweet where... I don't know if it was meant uh, as sarcasm or anything, but Henry Cavill tweeted something like, 
oh, can't wait to finally be a happy Superman. Or, exactly, because you know, that's Superman's supposed to be like Captain America, optimistic, always looking on the bright side. Fucking this guy, Zack Snyder, is like, nah, bro, Superman be fucking killing you. Make and it then dark, just, but like, add fuck darkness. Off. Fuck off, bro. It's like, no, that's not Superman. Oh, goodness. So, but he, do you think, so if you're James Gunn, do you want to, obviously you're starting fresh, right? But do you want to keep some of these actors? Like, people do like her as Wonder Woman. People do like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Like, do you want to keep these people and just put them in good movies? Or do you think that you need to distance yourself from Zack Snyder and just kind of give it a fresh thing? You probably got to distance yourself a little bit, but I guess it all depends on what his layout is going to be. What characters is he going to try to establish in what kind of order on what timeline? Because by the time maybe his plan for Wonder Woman isn't until three, four years down the road from now. So maybe she's not interested in doing a Wonder Woman three, four years down the road from now. Or by the time he gets around, like, obviously, I would think Superman has to be the the pinnacle the the cornerstone here right you have to he said establish that. A he superman. said superman is very important to what he's trying to do you know i know he also said green lantern but he already said it's not ryan reynolds like yes. it's like not not happening whatever so obviously he has a vision for where this is going to go but until we see that kind of you know take shape i really don't think you can gauge whether you know who's going to play these roles until it actually happens so i think there's something in january dc has some kind of uh some kind of thing coming up in january like a you know a press thing that they have to do for the shareholder whatever nonsense you know Mm -hmm. some kind of meeting where they're gonna start laying out some plans that's that's the rumor is okay. we might we might but now what happens with they already said they they've kiboshed the that catwoman movie or whatever so that was already taken off the table. What about the Flash movie now? No, that's still happening. But because I think that's going to be our reset. I think that's that's why they're really fighting to just let's just get this fucking movie out. Let's just do it because I think you know since he's doing Flashpoint, we're gonna get you know go back in time, fuck things up, and now the timeline's different. That way we get our new Batman, our new Superman, and all that fun stuff. Very interesting times ahead. And you know what? James Gunn took a property at Marvel that I had literally less than zero interest in in Guardians of the Galaxy and made me care way more than I did about very established DC characters that we've known for 100 years. So do I trust him in taking these properties, taking these characters and creating something watchable enjoyable yes i do like who gave a fuck about drax the destroyer up until these fucking guardians movies hell no that's the thing you need someone who likes these characters to be in charge of them i don't mind having Zack snyder make a you know superman movie or something like that but he don't need to be in charge of the whole fucking thing you know what i mean Like, that's fine. I got no problem. I I enjoy most Zack Snyder movies. Uh, but yeah, I don't need I don't need him in charge of everything because he clearly doesn't know these characters, doesn't care about these characters. 
that's not what we need. We need someone who's going to take care of him so that when someone comes up with a stupid idea, he's like, nah, no, whoa, whoa, we don't, we don't do this. Superman don't do that. We don't, we don't do that here. No, no, no. I that's mean, even look at what uh, James Gunn did with that Suicide Squad movie. That was, yeah. I, we knew nothing. I, well, I should say not we. You know, you follow the comics a lot more than I do. I knew nothing of any of these characters. Fucking Polka Dot Man and King Shark and the Peacemaker. Like, I knew nothing about... I got a whole Peacemaker show that I fucking loved in the aftermath. Fantastic. Like, I trust this guy. So whatever he's going to do, I'm like, all right, you know what? James Gunn, this is what you want to do? Have at it, Haas. That's it. So I'm excited. He said he's working on 10 years. They're doing a 10-year thing. They want to have the next 10 years mapped out. Sounds great. Okay. Let's do it. Let's you know, go. And it's funny I'll because be years ago, that would have sounded completely preposterous, right? Oh, a 10-year plan? Now we say, fucking got to gotta have a 10-year plan, right? Yes. We yelled at DC for not doing that, for rushing their, their plans, trying to make things happen too quick. It's like, no, nah, let it breathe, bro. You got all the time in the world. Everyone's just worried about now, now, now. Bro, move, you got to make movies in five years also. So yep. it's okay. You know, it's space things out. It's all right. Release two movies every couple years. Let's it's go. Just, everybody wants so bad to be Marvel and not just be Marvel, but they want to jump to the point where Marvel's at now. But they I don't want to lay the groundwork. Marvel didn't do that. So why? It's like we're supposed to learn. Instead, they're just like, oh, so I could just take all these characters and put them together and make money? Then let's do it. It's like, but no, we, you, you got to care about the characters yeah. individually. And then put them together. Just... You know, just just think, if that, if that first Iron Man movie would have flopped, we would have never gotten the past what, 15 years of movies. Yes. Some people might like that, though, you know, since superhero yeah. movies, they've ruined the business. Hey, we, we could have had our own dark universe from Universal, but they didn't want to do that either. They just wanted to make Tom Cruise jump out of a fucking plane. I still ain't seen that movie. I, I, no one ever said anything good about it. I didn't see any, like, I didn't see it, so maybe I shouldn't judge, but nah. it didn't look good, it didn't sound good, and nobody in the aftermath talked about it being good. So I don't I feel like you- we missed out. I bet you right now I probably did see the movie and I just don't remember one thing about it. Let's look. Let's look real fast here. Let's look. The Mummy. Let's look. Yeah. Oh, Tom, 2017. No, I don't have it logged. So I have not seen it. Okay. Even I was like, nah, I don't want to see that. Which is crazy. I love Tom Cruise and I love mummies. Why would yeah. I not want to see this? It's crazy. Yeah. God damn. Oh, well. Oh well. You know, we talked a little baseball last week, Gomez. And um since then, the Mets have not stopped spending money. Spend it, baby. Spend it. Make it rain. Isn't it fucking weird to have an owner who just like, I don't I don't give a fuck. Just yeah, whatever. You got the Red Sox, like, please, we cannot spend any money. Please, (laughs) we cannot. And the Mets are like, Red Sox. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the Mets are 
you know, 2003 me in the VIP room at the strip club. Champagne room, make it rain, baby. <laughs> and, and the Red Sox are, I don't even know what the Red Sox are doing anymore. The like, I, I genuinely, menu. Fuck I genuinely have no idea what, imagine being a Red Sox fan. And now I, I can't feel bad for them because we yes, were, we've Mets fans, like we've been through yes, it and they've won their they've World won, Series. So, won yeah, 20 so fuck it. But imagine being them and having great players that came up through your system. And then you let them go or you trade them. or We cannot afford to pay. What? You traded Mookie Betts for Alex Verdugo? It's insane. Insane. You offered Xander Bogarts. And I understand maybe 11 years is a lot of term. And it's a lot of fucking money. But that's what it is. You offered him less than 50% of what he got from another team. That's You're telling insane. me that you have zero dollars? Apparently, the owners, they, they want to sell. They're, they're, they're kind of over it. They're looking to sell, but they haven't really gone well, the about owners, trying to sell it. That's fucking bullshit because they're owned by the Fenway Sports Group, who also owns... The I Liverpool know. soccer team, who they that they're trying to sell because they're trying to maximize the volume, but this ownership group also just bought the Pittsburgh Penguins less than a year ago. I don't know. That's what that's what Bill Simmons said, Mister Boston man. He said, "I mean, people are discussing that. Like, is this part of the you know? Yeah. Is this something they're working toward? But they even Ken Rosenthal came out the other day, and you ask me who am I going to trust, Simmons or Rosenthal? I'm going to take Rosenthal a hundred times out of a hundred. I don't Rosenthal know. Boston said Homer. He, he looked into it. He's asked around, and he's right now has seen no evidence pointing in that direction. Just it's a weird thing to all of a sudden be like, yeah, we're tired of winning, we're tired of spending money. You put money into the the ballpark. It's like it's all these things. All of a sudden, it's just like, eh, never mind. You know, like they're they're sitting there complaining about being outbid by the Tampa Bay Rays on Zach Eflin. Like, oh no, these. Financial bullies, the Tampa Bay Rays came and offered that's way embarrassing. too much money. That's embarrassing, bro. That's that's a sentence that should never come out of anyone's mouth. The Tampa Bay Rays have outbid us. We cannot compete. What? Fuck out of here. Now, do I necessarily, if you look at their division, the Red Sox need a lot right now. Sure. I mean, they are a very patchwork roster right now. And you look at that division, the Rays always compete. The Yankees haven't aren't going anywhere. The Blue Jays are, are at that level and keep adding pieces. They just yeah, added right. Chris Bassett the other day. The, you know, so this is a tough division. I understand maybe it doesn't make sense to shell out this, you know, ridiculous long-term contract and then be stuck with it to come in third or fourth or fifth or ninth in your division. Uh, you know, even the Orioles are on the rise right now. So at some point, it, is it worth even making that kind of commitment. Well, you got to make money, right? You got to have people come to the ballpark. Well, that's the thing. At some point, are you going to alienate your fan base? Yeah, like like I get it. You're going to come in third, but I mean, you're going to at least want to go see Mookie Betts play, so you're going to come to the ballpark to see your fourth place Red Sox because, yo, Mookie Betts is fucking outrageous. Like, because, you know And I mean? this is a similar <laughs> position to where the Giants are at right now. You got the Dodgers are always there. The Padres have invested a shit ton Crazy. of money. Crazy. Where's and that now, money coming from in San Diego, who bro? Who the hell knows? Out of nowhere. We spending money. We got the same position. Four players. We don't care. 
But now the the Giants finally, after they had their run in the two thousands, yeah, um, great run. Where they, they they're in the in the teens, I should say, they, where Every they won their three year. World Series. A lot of those players, you know, Buster Posey's retired. A lot of those players have you know aged sure. out or moved sure. on, whatever. That now they're starting to see, you know, stadiums not packed. They don't have a face of the franchise. They they're trying to make moves. They're trying to throw money they at try. people because they know they need to fill that ballpark. Obviously, they made a big run at Aaron Judge. But, you know, he was a, a face of the franchise type guy. You know, you come to the ballpark to see yeah. that kind of player. It's just not. But at least they're trying, unlike they're the Red trying. Sox. Yes. Yeah. At least that, that's all we can ever ask, right? We don't expect the Mets to sign every fucking guy. But at least. But it's nice try. to know that we can nowadays. Try. Like, why not put the offer in? There's no reason a New York team cannot afford a high, you know, one of these high contracts like get out of here bro that stadium is packed yeah um i will say it was a little disconcerting to see when the mets were in that first round series last season they did not sell out those playoff games well, when what, did, were they during the day or anything was that did no they, they were like espn night games mm, all right that's sad yeah but i don't know Ticket price has been crazy lately, bro. Ticket prices were expensive, but it's you the can't sit there and say I, it that's, is what it is. That's what the point of that, all this is, is to be able to see your team win something. Yeah. Not not game four of uh, 162. Like that's, They that's had not three the home games. You know, they... Yes. Oh, interesting. So now, I and I understand that. they were expensive, and I guess it was football season, a lot's going on, so... But you, you gotta you gotta fill that ballpark. Bad yeah, job by yeah. the fans. Bad job, Michael. You cannot do it. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I just tell you that Federer, you watch Federer, you know you're watching greatness. <laughs> I love I love that he's had this resurgence, bro. He is all over the fucking TV. He's on ESPN all the time. He's just everywhere. It's it's magical. I love it. I, I love that he's kind of outlasted Mike now because Mike had become such a – and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Mike yes. and the Mad Dog. We're, this is very localized. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're not from New York, they were basically the guys who put sports radio on the map. There's a um, a 30 for 30 documentary about them. It's probably the lowest rated 30 for 30 yeah. documentary because it regional. is so localized. Um. But they really were the guys who honestly put sports talk radio on the map back in the 80s, you know, in New York, WFAN. And Chris Russo now does a show on MLB Network called High Heat. He's on ESPN. He was big on Sirius. They had a talk show together for a long, long time. And then Russo took a ton of money to go to satellite and Mike stayed on Terrestrial. Yeah, got his own channel. Why wouldn't yeah. you, bro? <laughs> and and Mike became like this he always was like the blowhard. I know yeah, everything. Promudging. Yeah. But eventually, like as time went on, he became like a caricature a of parody himself. Of it. Yes. It was yeah. Like and he so like, wasn't in on the joke. Like people no. were making fun of him and he thought he was like being worshipped. Yep. So good. That's the problem. Chris Russo has fun with it. He says when he has interviews, he talks about how he's a fucking clown. He knows how lucky he is. I can't speak. I this that you know, like well, he says these things. He knows he owns it, and that's what makes it fun. Mike is just like, oh, I'm the greatest. I'm the Pope. He he takes himself <laughs> so seriously. It's ridiculous. Oh, 
and that's why he's you know nothing. He's he's basically nowhere, right? Does he have a, a little he, app or something? He like, started his app. It was an immediate failure. Of course. Then he he does a podcast, I guess, every now and then too. Um, I guess for football, sure. but no one cares no. or like. When he did his Terry Funk, I'm retired. Now I'm back. Yeah, now I'm retired. Back real fast. Yeah, and he like alienated all the other people at the network. They it. were pissed yeah. because now oh, they've yeah. been they've been waiting for him to die for to that take spot. over that spot. Yeah, of course, that's prime spot, bro. Do seven hours a day, bro. You ain't got no room for nobody else. It's like ridiculous. They literally would do from like one to seven. Like that's I insane. Think it was, I was gonna say from like one to uh, six or something. It was I like, want to say five a, or six hours a day or something. That's a long fucking. That's time. a long time for two guys to sit there and talk sports five days. They took a, week. a they took a lot of calls though. They would take a lot of calls. They took a lot of calls and but still to find the ways yeah. to fill that time. I mean, With that's I mean, that's stuff. a hell. Of, they did a hell of a job for a long fucking time. They did the show together. What twenty years together? Hell yeah, love it, Chris Russo. God bless. He's on. He's Stephen A. Every week, yelling. It's good. It's good shit. He did a thing on because he does that high heat show on MLB where he was talking to the GM of the Padres like last week, and he goes, "Well, I need to know. Uh, well, you know, where are you getting your information from?" <laughs> and the guy looks at him. He goes, "Honestly, Chris, I just listened to your show, and I said whatever Chris wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do." Hysterical. <laughs> Oh, he's a big San Francisco Giant fan. Big so random. So random. <laughs> so he was losing his mind with the Aaron Judge stuff last week. Oh, That's a yeah, bad yeah. job. You got it. <laughs> well, Gomez, I would say enough with the fluff and let's get to the stuff. Ooh, Hit the music. Ho, 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 ho. Welcome, boys and girls, to the five weeks of slaying. Yeah, baby. Slaying and slaying time. Are you ready, Joe? As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> this week, we had a theme of gifts, Christmas gifts. It works Presents. here, right? So we watched 8-Bit Christmas for our slaying movie. This was on HBO Max. Came out last year. About some boys in Nintendo. Right, Joe? Yeah. I, I The way it was described last week when you described it, I thought that Nintendo, it, it plays a pivotal role. I thought it was going to be this kind of triumphant story. And it was a little bit different. But the premise as it's laid out on imbb is 1980 chicago a 10 year old sets out on a quest to get the christmas gift of his generation the latest and greatest video game system the nintendo yes i figured it'd be like a jingle all the way or something right like that kind of it, it had a little bit of that feel yes and it stars our double main man doogie hauser md uh, yes. At some point, I feel like he would evolve past that. I, I guess people know him for uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? Yes. That. Oh, yes, 100%. Doogie but, Hauser, please. Nobody. Doogie Hauser is a show on Disney+. Plus. That's what Doogie Hauser is. Like, that's how I know him. Like I, I know because you're an old man. I'm not an old man. We've established this. <laughs> I'm a champion man. Well, yes, you are. Uh, so... Yes, he's definitely how I met your mother. Barney, I believe his name is yes. on that show. 
but I just know he likes he likes sleeping with the ladies. Does he do anything else on the show? Like that's his gimmick, right? He's like a ladies' man or something. Yeah, and in Harold and Kumar, he does a bunch of blow off strippers. Yes, he's a he's a crazy lunatic ladies' man in that movie. Yes, that's how we know him, right? He's from Harold and Kumar movies. He's that white guy who hangs out with them every once in a while. Yes. Was like, because if you don't know who he is, too, you're just like, why do we care about this guy who just <laughs> showed up? Neil Patrick Harris, who the fuck is this? <laughs> he plays the dad and he's telling the story of how he got this Nintendo, telling his little his little daughter the story here. And uh it's a cute story, but yeah, it's not like this. We gotta fight to get this Nintendo. It's more like sweet and uh yeah, it's a very like sweet, wholesome family story time Christmas movie. It felt a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. No. I guess it's just no. So, you know, a little misleading. I bet you that trailer made it look like they were going crazy trying to fight for that Nintendo. See? So the the story here is that it's, you know, the 80s even in the movie he says he doesn't remember if it was 87 yes. or 88. Like just but 80. There's one rich kid in town who has a Nintendo and they all want to go to the guy's house to play the Nintendo all the time. But the kid is an asshole. They hate him, but they put up with him because he has Nintendo. But he only allows a certain number of kids to come in and play it any given day. So everybody wants a Nintendo for Christmas. But the fact of the matter is, I guess the entire town of Chicago is very poor. No one can afford a Nintendo. And none of these other kids get a Nintendo. So it becomes about this story of how he gets the how I met your Nintendo. <laughs> because as the story as the story begins, it's him taking his daughter to his parents' house for Christmas and she constantly wants to use his phone because he refuses to get his young daughter her own phone and he's like no you could play this nintendo and he tells her the story of how he ended up finally getting a nintendo so i don't know on the beginning it actually hits for me because i remember the first person i met who had a nintendo so going to that person's house became like such a big deal just cool. to be able to play nintendo <laughs> i was gonna ask you one of the uh big parts of this movie is the kid gets a power glove and that uh, sets off a chain reaction in the movie here. Joe, did you ever have a power glove? I didn't have a power glove. I wanted one because I, I you know, I, I I had I had two eyes and a heartbeat, didn't I? <laughs> uh, everybody wanted a power glove. And I remember it being expensive and I remember it being limited, and not a lot of people had them. I but don't then- know anyone that had it. I knew maybe one or two people that had it. Um, but as basically, as soon as it came out, you heard the horror stories right away that it fucking sucked. <laughs> I had the little robot guy. I had that guy. Rob. Whatever he did. Whatever he did. He came with Gyromite. With the games and the fucking yeah. thing. Whatever whatever he did, that's what I had. I love that little robot guy. But the, the glove, no. Nah. Never, never even I, seen it. I remember... When Nintendo was new or newer, um, seeing the commercials that had the robot, yeah, and thinking it was like of the course, most amazing, amazing. Thing I'd ever a seen. robot, 
<laughs> and then when I finally got my own Nintendo, it was past the wow. point of the robot. So I never had the robot. And I remember going to, I think I was someone I played soccer with, went to their house on like a play date after practice or something one day. And he had it. And I was like, oh my God, you have this? I was like, we have to play this. He's like, yeah, it's not really all that good. I was like, <laughs> I was like you don't know this. I was like, you have this. It's true. Like, you're like, oh, I'm tired of this fucking thing. And you, your friend comes over. He's like, nope, we got to play it. Come <laughs> on. Robbie the robot. I love it. God, memories. I forgot his name. I just remember it was a robot guy. Yeah, it was like R-O-B. It stood for, you know, we were initials. And so I love that game that where you had to, like, open the doors and all that shit, whatever the fuck that game was. That was, was Gyromite. Whatever it is. I don't remember that shit. But, uh, yeah, I remember there was um, one of my mom's friends. There were certain days my mom couldn't pick me up from school, so she would take me to her house, and it's like once a week or something. I'd She'd take me to her house, and I'd wait for my, until my mom could come grab me. But her son was a few years older than me, and he had a Nintendo. And I remember, like, seeing that for the first time. And to me, like, he was the coolest kid ever because, like, you'd go in his room, and he had – the LJN wrestlers all lined up like perfectly. And then Nintendo, he'd be like, Oh, this is Mike Tyson's punch out. And like that Mike Tyson's punch out, excite bike, Kung Fu. Like those were the games (laughs) I came up on. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And now that I'm talking about it, I clearly remember there was one time my mom must've gotten there early. So I didn't get to play Nintendo that day. And I threw like a complete fucking fit, (laughs) had a meltdown that I didn't get to play Nintendo because my mom picked me up early. (laughs) I believe it. Fuck that. Why are you here? (laughs) So this whole story goes about talking about like the Nintendo and how big a deal it was. But I just find it so hard to believe. And I know that's the story and it is what it is. But like. Literally nobody else in this whole town of Chicago has a fucking Nintendo. Well, because then it turned into parents against Nintendo. That's a part of the story. So that's also why no yeah, one gets the Nintendo like, because they were like, I'm not buying it. It's the devil, the devil game. Uh, so, so there has to be enough people who are like, I know I don't care about the devil. There's got to be some parents out there. But there's also, it's not, you know, you, you don't have the internet. You don't know what that kid down the block is doing. You just know what your fucking four friends are doing. That's it. Also, do you find it weird at all? Like, I, you would always go to people's houses and play with toys or whatever. Do you find it weird that just 30 kids are showing up at one one kid's house, everybody dropping their bikes on on their lawn and, like, shuffling trying to get into the like that's not weird to you that that many people are showing up at this one kid's house every day sure but it's exaggerated for the no one is doing that no 30 kids ago you would tell them to get the fuck out of here exactly i I would fucking spray them with a fucking fire extinguisher to get off my goddamn lawn especially they're there early in the morning like he's waking up it's the first thing in the morning fuck that of course not (laughs) it's god you don't think it's weird of course it's weird Oh, Joe. <laughs> I'm just saying because apparently nobody else's parent, like, oh, where are you going today? Oh, I'm going to the fucking rich kid's house to play Nintendo. All right, whatever. Have fun. 
But that's what it was back where, in the day. Where's the other 30 going, kids going? Yeah, we're all going to whatever. We're going out. That's that's not what you did when you were a kid. Hey, no, mom, I didn't, have, I didn't have that kind of freedom. Well, that's you. I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah, it's called, hey, we're going out. I'm going down the block. I'll see you when the lights go off. That's what you did. Your mom called for you. Hey, what are you doing? That's, that's it. I'm sorry. You were stuck in the house. That's sad. I had to I had to give explicit directions, details, phone numbers, emergency contacts, blood types. No. no had to leave just, all this. No, nah, we just Roman Cross Bay Boulevard, bro. That's Oh, no, we, no, no. That's it. Like that's I don't doing. think I was able to do that till I was like 24. I believe it. But no, we're going to the movies ourselves. What do you think? We just mom would drop us off at the movie. See you later. I'm going to see a movie. Sorry to hear you didn't have that freedom. That sucks. Nope. So that's I had to why bide my bide my time. So when I see kids do that, that's that's like yeah, you just tell your mom I'm going out for the day, and then you just came home when it was dinner time. You just got on no, your you bike. You can't do and you that now. Out. They fucking end up on Twitter being human traffic now. Well, that's nowadays, but we're not talking about nowadays. We're talking about you and me when we were kids. That's what we did. You. I like in, in this movie, there's the one thing where he's talking about like riding his bike and the, the daughter goes, oh, well, did you have a helmet? And he's like, yeah, sure. In the 80s, we were very safe. Yeah. Everyone always wore helmets. <laughs> exactly. We just did things. And then it was just afterwards like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That's the 80s. <laughs> a lot of bad parents back in the 80s. 100%. 100%. They, they didn't know any that's better. why we had such an epidemic with kids in wells. <laughs> but exactly. You just tell your mom, I'm going out. And then you and your fucking friend are throwing rocks down the well. Yeah, I'm going like, to go oh, play let's this go. well. Let's go. And then you, you fall in there. Exactly. <laughs> that's why you never fell in a well. Good parents. Uh, the, so also in this movie, we get uh, reminded of Cabbage Patch Kids. And I kind of almost forget about how big of a deal Cabbage Patch Kids were and what a hysteria it caused because there's a scene in the movie where the the kid and his dad meet up with like some shady dude in a parking lot to buy a Cabbage Patch Kid out of the back of a trunk. And it's like 100% these things happened. Like those were real stories happening all over the country with people selling you Fugazi Cabbage Patch Kids like – on the black market, it is fucking insane to think how crazy this country went for goddamn Cabbage Patch Kids. That's how uh, Child's Play starts. The mom buys a, a Chucky doll in the back of someone's trunk of the car because it's sold out everywhere. I got to get that present for my kid. What year did Child's Play come out? I think it's like 89. So it's like around. It's, it's So it's that, probably definitely. based 100%. off that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never put that together ever. Yeah. 100%. So funny. But, uh, I mean, it's still like that to some extent now. Things be selling out like crazy. And but they now, just now go on eBay. the internet to do it. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's the you, thing now. You're not going to the back, but it's the same difference. Some jerk-off is trying to sell you some $50 toy for three fifty. Yeah, but, know? like, think about the danger involved of, like, meeting someone oh, in the... of course. <laughs> You know, now, like, okay, you fucking buy something off eBay, you buy something off eBay. You you don't have to worry about getting fucking shanked out in a fucking alleyway because you needed to fucking tickle me Elmo. Well, people, that's the thing. People just didn't think like that, right? They're just like, 
I'm going to go and just do this thing. And then whatever. Like, no, I'm not going to get kidnapped. No one's going to beat me up and take my money, not have the doll. It was just like. They used to put ads in the papers and shit, too. Like in the class, like, oh, have Tickle Me Elmo, you know. You see? So it's just like even. <laughs> so it's like the, the Facebook marketplace now, right? Where you yeah, just, I guess so. You put something on there and it's like you got to fucking meet someone over here. Never, bro. Fuck that. <laughs> Oh, let me hit some music here, baby. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? 8-Bit Christmas. Where does it fall on your main man standards? Did we even talk about this? It's it's fine. Uh, the, it's the elements of it are kind of more interesting than the actual movie itself. Um, but all in all, it's fine. A little wholesome thing. You can sit down with the whole family and watch. Uh, not necessarily going to wow you. Not necessarily going to hate it. Uh, there is a little heartwarming thing at the end over there. Um and it, you know, offers up for some good uh, family moments, and maybe it'll have you remember some of your own family Christmas moments. So um, I'll give it a triple main man just for for not being offensive. It's a it's a Christmas movie. It's a yeah good old fashioned Christmas movie. Like it's some some hardships, but nothing too crazy. And at the end, everything gets tied up in a nice little bow. And it's very sweet. There might be some tears. Like it's it's one of those movies, and uh, so it's fine. You know, uh, wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting a little more crazy kid mischief, but it's all right. Like you yeah, said, yeah. I, I I don't want to say the movie bamboozled me. Like it it is what it is. Um, I expected more of the focus to be on the actual. Like, I, I don't know, like just the actual, like you said, kind of the craziness of going about getting the actual Nintendo. Because, like, they get, they're trying to get this Nintendo over, like, days and days and days. Like, I figured it'd be more of a compact, like, we got to get this Nintendo tonight, guys. Like, this yeah. is the, you know, it's, no, they're collecting money, they're doing this. Like, it's, a lot of time is passing in this story that's happening. The urgency isn't there. You know, it's like you just want it for Christmas, but you got 30 days to Christmas, like, you yeah. know? And I mean, I, I I don't know what you were expecting, but like, I was just like, oh, were they just like, they just get this kid Nintendo at the end, right? Like, oh, hey, I know you wanted this that, Nintendo. That's kind of so what we, I expected. So we like, got it for, yo, there's something out by the shed. I was like, oh, it was a fucking Nintendo over there by the shed, you know? Yeah. No, there's something else. It's very nice, but it's just like, I just figured, all right, I got it. Because then, the daughter's like, how'd you get Nintendo? I was like, yeah, I just worked for it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. That's how most kids got it. You just did some chores and saved up, and they got Nintendo. I'm going to give it uh, two and a half main men. It's fine. It's a fine little movie. Uh, some people like it more than others. It's fun for the whole family. You want to show your kid. Maybe have some nostalgia from the 80s. You know, you relate to some stuff. And uh, it's okay. Yeah, and then go download some of the games on your Nintendo Switch. Hell yeah, baby. I've paid for those games about 12 times in my life. 
and I'll pay for them twelve more because they are bangers, bro. I mean, there's there's still quite a few Nintendo games that I every now and then I'll get the itch to be like, oh, you know what? I just feel like playing this game right now. Every now and then I'll pop it on. Love it. Always. Anytime I get a new Nintendo system, it's like, all right, how can I play my old Nintendo games on here? I need to know how can I play Mario 3? And I always find a way. That's not one of my go-tos, actually. What? It's I know I listen, I'm not gonna it's a great game. I know it's a great game. It's just not it wouldn't crack my must-haves. So what you you're just not playing a Mario game then? I'm not a big Mario guy. So then that's your problem, yeah. exactly. So you don't count. It's, it's, but that's what like Mario. I know it's a great game. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not saying the game sucks or anything. No, but you just don't want to play Mario. Period. I get a yeah. Nintendo. I want to play a fucking Mario game. Like that's yeah. just Nintendo. It's hello. I play Ducktales. I'm playing. I play Ducktales on Xbox. I got that. We okay. released that enough. Yeah. They got all that, you don't know. They got Lion King. They got Aladdin. You should be really? downloading these games on your Xbox. Yes, sir. I Remastered, have, a, I have, a, I have nice. a Raspberry Pi with all my NES, Sega, N64, Super Nintendo, and then some arcades. And how often do you play that? Um, maybe once or twice a month. I bet you play Xbox more because it's, it's more on your face, right? Your Xbox is more like out in the no, open. I'm just not in the mood for it all the time. It's one of those oh. things. I'm I'm glad I have it for whenever I'm in the mood, but I'm also glad. Like I I got into buying vintage video games for a while, probably like ten years ago, and it was one of those things where like, oh yeah, this sounds like a great idea in theory, but then like all of a sudden you have all these games and maybe you play them once and then you don't p- play it again for months and months, maybe years. So it made more sense that I have this little gizmo. Every now and then I open it up, turn it on, get my, you know, scratch my little itch for a half hour, an hour, whatever the case may be. And then I move on about my life. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. I'm not trying to set a high score and get Nintendo Power or anything. <laughs> That's right. And now it's time for another movie here, Joe. Oh, baby. It's a good one for our slaying. We watch the classic. Gremlins. Oh, Joe said he's seen this movie a hundred years ago. So this is basically a first time. This was basically a first time viewing for me because I didn't remember shit about this movie. Now, most movies, if you haven't seen it when you're a teenager, you haven't seen the movie, really. Like when you sit down, pay attention when you're a kid, you're fucking running around like a jerk off, not paying attention. Like, get out of here. So first off, Gremlins is from 84, and that kind of surprised me to see, like, kind of how old it was now. You're talking 38 years ago? Yes, That's fucking sir. bonkers. Yeah. And I think that, like, obviously the effects and the puppets and, you know, Gizmo and the actual Gremlins itself, they actually still kind of look pretty good to me. Of course, they look great. A puppet looks good. Puppets always look good. You know, but like you say, like, all this time has passed. Like, oh, it's probably going to, like... You know, even when we talked about Little Shop of Horrors uh, a few months ago, I was like, hey, to me, that fucking, uh, that plant looked fucking good to me still. That's why people like practical effects, because practical effects, they held, they hold up. A human's going to look like a human, right? Because that's, you sculpted to look like this. 
CGI. CGI gets bad. What every fucking two years? There's like a advancement in in computer graphics. You know, Jurassic Park looks good. Everything else back then is like, well, yo, they, look they, at the graphics. Well, Jurassic Park that used real dinosaurs. <laughs> Has to be. It's the only way it could look as good as it does to this day. I still don't understand. How a movie can come out last year and have worse graphics than Jurassic Park. I just don't get it. No. My goodness. So Gremlins, a young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Good description, I think. It is. It's perfect. Tells you what you need to know. Without giving too much away. Not as much to give away, but you know. So Gremlins, Joe. After watching this, did you uh, have a new appreciation for Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror, the evil Krusty episode, where it's basically a Gremlins spoof? You need to rewatch that now. Never even put that together. Yes, it is. He even goes to the the Chinese man in the basement and finds the, the thing. It's the whole thing. So yeah. You need to rewatch it. I love it. Yeah, didn't even think of that. See that? Mm, love it. Gremlins, the best. Now, you've seen Gremlins too. It's light, it's funny, it's a good time. Never seen it. I thought we watched Gremlins. I didn't make you watch that for the show here? Mm, don't believe so. Oh, I thought I did. That's interesting. I know Hulk Hogan's in that one. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, you can tell since Hulk Hogan's in it, it's not a very serious movie. What do you mean? <laughs> The part in the movies, you've seen the clip. It's a funny part. I've never it seen is. the clip even. How you never seen the clip, bro? <laughs> I I know you've seen it. You just don't remember because you're terrible. There's no way in your life, because I know I've probably shown it on a Smith 17 times. So, like, get out of here. I, I just know it exists. That's all. I don't even understand. You love wrestling. It's a very famous wrestling thing. And you're like, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a very famous wrestling thing. Hulk Hogan is in a lot of regular movies. Tons. I mean, I could, I could think of seven. <laughs> Where he shows up, he makes his own movies. But for Hulk Hogan as Hulk Hogan in a movie, that's a big deal, is it not? Yeah, of course. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's an important thing in wrestling for Hulk Hogan to be in a major motion picture. That's pretty big. That's awesome, is it not? I think in his book he wrote that, like his agent called him and was like, "Oh, you're gonna be doing Gremlins with Spielberg." And then like he showed up to set to film his scene, and it's like the B team, like just and like, "Oh, you're just doing this." And he's like, "But but where's the Spielberg? Like, I'm here to I'm here to show off my chops." But what did he think that <laughs> he thought it was gimmick. a real role? But he's in gimmick. He's at, he's Hulk Hogan in his Hulk Hogan outfit, like. It's like he's a regular man. What do you, he, I, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't write the book. I'm just saying. I don't even understand. He rips his shirt and yells at a gremlin. Did he not read the script? <laughs> he just said, yeah, I'll take it, bro. I'll meet you there. They were just like, you know that Spielberg gremlins movie? He like started packing. <laughs> he's ridiculous. Fucking Hulk Hogan. He's the best. So I was just going to say, though, uh, Gremlins 2 is a comedy. It's very silly. Gremlins, it's a little scary. They're little, they're mean, these monsters. They're not trying to have fun. They're trying to fuck shit up. They are. And honestly, they're having a wonderful time doing it. Yes. And anytime we get 
clips of the gremlins just like hanging out amongst each other. Yeah. I am fucking loving it. Any, like when the gremlins are at the bar, when the gremlins are doing anything together, they all have their own little personalities. They all have yes. their own little quirks and idiosyncrasies. It is stupendous. I was so shocked by how much I like enjoyed the way they interact with each other. Yeah, they're a big part of the movie. I love that they all have a unique look. Like this one's got this here, this one's got this here, and they act different. I love that about gremlins. That's one of the reasons I love it. Everyone picks like, oh, which one do you... They have names if you really go into it. People, like, what? There's Spike. There's Mohawk. There's this guy. Love it. Goddamn gremlins. And they're creepy, bro. They, the design on a gremlin is fantastic. What a little creepy fucking monster. Especially when you make a gizmo, right? And then you go, how can we make a gizmo and make a scary version? It's crazy. Yeah, so that's the thing, too. There's, there's such a dichotomy between how, like, cuddly and adorable Gizmo is to just these slimy, scaly, like, antisocial gremlins who yeah, are just little, around causing havoc, causing little assholes. Yeah, and you get that first scene where the gremlin, like, the, the, the guy Billy calls his mom. He's like, hey, get the fuck out of the house, whatever. Like, these gremlins things are happening. And she's like stuck in the kitchen and she's got to like fight them off with a knife. And like she's killing the ground. I'm like, holy shit. Like she's fucking killing butchering them. these fucking gremlins. Yeah. This is and they're like, attacking the shit out of her. 100%. Like they're, they're fucking shit up. It is crazy. I think in the original version of the script, they might have killed that mother, I think. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, it, like I believe the original version of the script was a lot rougher. And then Spielberg comes and he's like, let's, uh, let's. Joe Dante, let's 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 wheel it in here. Let, we could be crazy, but let's let's add a little bit of that that niceness to it. And I think uh, it pays off because you can't have a movie with Justin Grimms being a little jerk off. You got to have that sweetness from Gizmo and the family yeah. to really parallel. Like, oh my god, picking on Gizmo? How could they do that? How can they pick on that little sweet boy? Do you think uh, Gizmo? He looks like a little baby Yoda, right? Like, it's very similar with the ears yeah, and the way they move and everything, right? It's like, oh, biting off the mogwais here, bro. Did yeah, you yeah. ever did you ever play a Gremlins video game? I know it wasn't a thing that you watched, but did you ever, like, uh, like I know they had a Nintendo game and stuff Nintendo like that? I, never, I can't remember ever playing it, though. I'm sure probably one of my older cousins would have had it, but can't ever remember having played it. I remember there's a couple of them. I don't remember which ones. They were never very good. But it's mostly Gizmo no, really running a around. A lot of those games are A lot of those though. games were not very good. Yes, they're all similar. They're just Gizmo running around collecting little things and stuff like that. Watching out for the gremlins. But, uh, you know, I get excited. You always get excited when you get a movie tie-in game. And then it's just like, oh, and man. you think about all the stuff that Gremlins has spawned even today with all the figures that like, it's amazing how much stuff is being made 40 years after the fact is like all the, like you said, all the different Gremlins, you know, they all have their own names. You have the, the flashing Gremlin. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, and I don't know their names. I know the one is called Stripe. He's yes. like the, the head bad guy. The main one here. Yes. 
you know, but like I think NECA was the one making them. So every now yes. and then, if you're at like a, a Target or something, and you head over to your electronics section, they have the little collectible section in there. You can you can find these. They look great. Like I don't yes. love Gremlins even remotely enough to to buy them and collect them. But if that's up your alley, I mean, they're fucking incredible. Hundred percent. I always loved Gremlins toys. I have a couple of the pops. Uh, but I've never never done the NECA because I just I can't start that because then I gotta get all of them and get this guy and that guy. You know, we don't we don't scratch that itch. We know better. I think you should. Nah, it's, it's, um, it's 2023 is probably the year where you start a nice big collection. I always had a little gizmo doll. I always had a stuffed gizmo back in the day. The gizmo I had was stuffed, but his nose his ears and his hands were like this hard plastic. It was very weird. Mm. And I took him everywhere, took him in the bath, took him in the pool. He got ripped apart. My mom sold him up. Like, I love this fucking gizmo doll. And uh, we still got one now. It doesn't have that that hardness anymore. They're all soft. But Shiloh's got a gizmo doll. I don't show her a lot of horror movies. Uh, I want her to want to see them, not me like, hey, watch this fucking, this scary movie. But I have shown her gremlins, uh, terrified, but she <laughs> watched it, <laughs> but she did watch it. But, uh, you know, she got a little scared because it is very scary. Rewatching that movie for the first time in a long time and showing it to a kid, it was like two or three years ago. So she was probably like five, I guess. Uh, it was like, oh man, this is kind of it's kind of scary. I kind of like, maybe I should. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't show her this. Like I'm watching it, going, this is creepy. Like uh, uh, the doctor friend, right? The block, the the uh, the black uh, professor at the school, mm-hmm. right? He takes him, right? He's like, oh, please look after this thing. That's a scary fucking scene, yeah. bro, with the candy bar and shit. That's fucking scary. So I'm like, oh man, maybe I should be showing this. People always forget because they always remember Gremlins too. But that first one, it's a horror movie. It's pretty damn scary. Yeah, I'm actually um I was actually a little bit surprised because I remember being a kid and like obviously it wasn't a big part of my childhood, but it was a big thing in popular culture, especially for other people I was in school with. So it was a big thing I remember hearing about, people talking about, like obviously everyone had gizmo dolls. That was a very big thing back in the day. So it's just like watching this back now, I go, wow, our parents just let us fucking watch. You know, in the 80s, we were very safe. Yes, that's it. it. Come on, everyone, let's watch Gremlins. (laughs) It's fucking ladies being attacked. They throw a a gremlin in the fucking microwave and blow (laughs) I got to say that the mom was quite... The innovator with ways to destroy these gremlins, and you know, it just shows you that mankind's greatest trait is its will to survive. (laughs) I was gonna ask you a question, but I was gonna hit some music that's good. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? 
are you are man all right joe gremlins main man standings what are you, what are you feeling here um, like we said, for me, this was basically the equivalent of seeing it for the first time, and I really enjoyed myself. I was into the movie the whole time. Like I said, I was really taken by how much I enjoyed the interactions between the gremlins amongst themselves. I found it very entertaining, and the amount of detail that went into giving each one its own personality, their own little different look to make them stand out so you could tell that oh this one is different from this and why um honestly it, it's just a really good movie and i got to see phoebe cates who was <laughs> one of the, the icons <laughs> of the 80s yes she is. you know we forget about phoebe cates but i was like wait a minute is that who i think this is and it was and I was very happy to see Phoebe Cates. So I'm going to give this a triple and a half main man. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I'm going to give this uh, a nice quadruple main man here. I love it. But Gremlins 2 is my shit. So this is a little behind Gremlins 2. But psh, this is a fantastic movie. Uh, it's a great Christmas movie. It's a little scary. So, uh, you know, be cautious if you want to show your little ones here. But uh, Gizmo, who will not love a Gizmo once they see this? This is, you fall in love with him. Move over, baby Yoda. The old guy is back to take Take control. a back seat, Alf. Get out of here, bastards. Wow, we've had a, it's been a good slaying and slaying, bro. I yeah. love it. This is way better than fucking the Halloween season. Well, the Halloween season is different because there's so many choices. Here I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trapped in the box of the Christmas. Like R. So Kelly. I... <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's a little That's easier. a different conversation we can have. Yes, sir. Not at the end of the show. Uh... <laughs> I don't think it's one we should have anyway. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so that's why, like, I get to I get to really cherry pick and make sure you get some some bangers here. So uh, next week we're gonna do something a little different here. No, oh, I hate different. No, because well, next week, Joe, I know you're not excited, and I'm I not never that, am. I'm not that excited either. But next oh. week, Avatar: Way of the Water comes out. <sighs> now this. Whether we believe it or not, I, I this know it's going to be a massive movie. I just saw a thing that it's already made almost forty million dollars in pre-sale tickets. So I I had just read something before we started recording say that it's projected or expected to make over five hundred million dollars this opening week. Yeah, it's gonna. They're saying that they're thinking it's gonna be close to two hundred million domestically, and then worldwide is gonna be bananas. So I feel as a show about pop culture, it'd be silly for us not to talk about the biggest movie in the world. So we're going to talk about Avatar, but that does not mean we will not watch some slain and slain content. We will. Is this not a, is Avatar a Christmas movie? Uh, I'm not sure if the Navi celebrate uh, Christmas. What do you think they celebrate? I, I just want to be respectful. 
I don't know. I, I hope maybe we'll learn about this in this one. Yeah. They could they could teach us about their own holiday traditions. It's just the way of the water. Uh, <laughs> I have not rewatched the original yet. I was planning on doing it this weekend. It was a little crazy with the, the sickness going around. But uh I will rewatch the first one because I gotta I gotta remember all the the goodness of Captain Jake Sully. I do remember that name off the top of my head. That is that's but no, that's, that's the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson River. No, I think they both have the same name. They're both <laughs> Captain Sully. I believe his name is Jake something. I, I want to say well, we gotta look. Here we go. Avatar main character. <laughs> oh, Jake. Jake Sully, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And now, Captain Sully Plane. His name is... What? Chelsea? Sully? Sullenberger? All right. Well, (laughs) anyway, that's not a... Sully Sullenberger. That's what they call him. Anyway, so yeah. (laughs) We're going to hang out with the Navi next week. In Pandora or wherever the fuck the movie takes place. I'm looking forward to it only because of the spectacle of it. The 3D, the graphics. Oh, I'm, I'm sure a- it'll be fucking incredible. One thing, though, this I just learned about. The movie is not only in 3D, it's also in high frame rate. This is going to be a problem, I think. People are going to leave this movie complaining. Um... Did you see the Hobbit movies? No, right? You know, no, I've never Hobbit seen any movies. of them. So, for people who are listening who have seen the Hobbit movies in the movie theater, you may remember those movies look fucking weird because they were projected at a higher frame rate. I'm trying to think. There's not a lot of examples mm-hmm. of this thing because it's very weird. It makes the movie look choppy. I can't even explain. It, it looks like kind of fake at times. It's like oh. motions. It's just it makes the movie look weird. The high frame rate, like a motion smooth, like it looks like a soap opera. You remember how TVs do that kind of thing? Okay. So it's good. People are gonna be complaining. So I found that I'm not. That made me be a little like, oh, what are we doing? High frame rate because it's not the whole movie. It's only certain parts. So certain parts are gonna look. Are they weird doing it in no like reason. that? That 4D theater experience? Yes, they are. I'm I'm doing the IMAX thing. I'm not gonna do the the seat rumbling, but I'm gonna do the biggest screen possible, and I'm gonna do the 3D. I'm going in, James Cameron. You want me to love this movie, so I'm gonna try to love it. I probably won't, but I'm gonna try. Open heart, open mind. We trying. We'll see. Is it? Clear eyes, open heart, can't lose, whatever. Clear eyes, not open. Sutton hearts, big heart, no. Sutton hearts, can't lose. Yeah, I don't. I never watched that. I love the movie, Booby Miles, baby. We love the movie, but uh, I, I never, I never watched the show. I never watched the show. It's great. I hear what like season two is not good, but then the rest of the show is good again. I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll catch up to it. We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't disappear. HBO Max is removing shows from their service. Did you hear this, show? No, why? So, like, they canceled Westworld. That was, like, the big news a couple weeks ago. They canceled Westworld. Now okay. they have taken it off the service or are going to take it off the service. So if you want to watch Westworld, you can't see this show. That's a problem with streaming. They don't release... Oh. 
their movies on physical media. So if HBO just goes, eh, we don't want you to see that movie ever again, you won't ever see that movie ever again. Yeah. Kind of crazy. That uh, I don't like. Well, that's like they just recently discovered that missing episode of Sesame Street where the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz showed up. She put on, yes, that was awesome. Love to see that. Love to see it. Also got off track here. Slaying and Slaying next week. We're going to do short form version here. Oh, we're going to be talking about some some short things since we got a long ass movie to see. We're going to watch some short stuff. So we're going to watch Married with Children. There is a Christmas episode. Oh, we will Which watch one? that. Uh, you mentioned there's one with Sam Kinison, right? Ah, now- yes. So that is yes. called It's a Bundyful Life. Yes. This will be up on the Twitch stream. For anyone who wants to participate this week, we will be putting up a very special slaying and slaying Twitch feed for you guys. We will be putting this Married with Children episode. We're going to put my episode we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt all through the house, the classic uh, Christmas episode of Tales from the Crypt. It's a banger. So good. Okay. And I believe I believe you cannot find this anywhere. I believe HBO Max does not have Tales from the Crypt. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's not readily available. Well, it'll be on the Twitch stream, mezmovie.twitchtv. Dot, that, excuse me, Twitch, <laughs> twitch.tv slash mezmovie. Sorry. Uh, so we're going to show that. I'm also going to show a short film, Joe. It's 13 minutes long. It's called Treevenge. It is fantastic. Revenge. Oh. Think about it. What's Treevenge about? Mm. It's trees getting revenge on the Whoa. people for cutting them down. Oh, yes, sir. Because it's not revenge, but Treevenge. Love it. See that? My boy Smarty catches on quick. <sighs> they call me the Baron of Brains. So I'm going to show that stuff, and I'm just going to show a whole bunch of Christmas clips. Some horror-related, some non-horror-related. Slaying and slaying. It's going to be all over. Commercials. It's going to be nice. I think a 90-minute block. Does that sound good? Two hours, that I think, is a little great. too long. I think 90 minutes. It's going to be on. Anytime you want to pop in, pop in and watch it. We're going to talk about it. Talk about some nostalgic stuff. Some of that, that sweet Christmas cheer that we all love. Oh, I love it. Miss it. Do they still show the Christmas cartoons like they used to back when we were kids? Yes. They'll show it like once a week, like on a Wednesday. They'll be like, hey, we're going to show Rudolph. We're going to show Frosty. Shit like that. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas does not get played because Apple owns Peanuts. Oh. So you have to go on Apple TV to watch Charlie Brown Christmas, Great Pumpkin. Yes. And they make new Charlie Browns, if you didn't know. They make Charlie Brown TV shows and even Charlie Brown movies. There was a Charlie Brown New Year's movie came out last year, I believe. Huh. Yeah, Charlie Brown's popular. Know. It's pretty cool. What about the, the Garfield one still gets shown? Garfield does not get shown, but I'll show it. I'll put it I on mean, there. I hate Garfield. Oh, I forget it then. I will not show it. I, I mean, people love Garfield. I'm not people, though. Uh, I don't remember. Like I, I like Garfield. I like the comic. The show was always fun. I like the the Shady Acres or whatever. The, I just 
I'd like I just always thought Garfield was a real son of a bitch. That's the point. He's fresh. He's a fresh boy. Like if it was up to if I was John, I would feed him the fucking poison lasagna. <laughs> You're so fresh. So that's next week. We're gonna have fun. Avatar and a bunch of small Christmassy little things to watch. Should Very be nice. That's next week, Joe. Let's wrap this one up first. Do it. It is now time for the big finish. All right, baby. Big finish time. You ready? Sure. All right. Let's get this wheel up. And let's spin it. Us. Oh my god, this is so hard. Jesus Christ. Today's big finish cover songs, bro. This is like impossible. Here we go. I'm the cover boy. Oh, I love covers and I cannot three. Oh. Uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is Real Big Fish's Take On Me. It's a great one. That's a great one. But then it's like there's stuff like I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. It's a cover, but I don't. Yes, things you don't think of that way. I think more of like, you know, I want a static lullaby doing toxic. Like that's that's what I want to hear. Shit like that. Oh, man. Let me think. Let me think. New Metal Kid. What we got? We'll do. Johnny Cash Hurt, I guess. Of course. Yes, sure. We'll do Mudvayne. King of Pain doing the police song there. Great cover. What else? What can I do here? Something different. Let's do a day to remember doing uh, Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson. Ooh, great good. cover. What else? What's the fun? What's the fun? Fun stuff. Fun stuff. I'm going to go with that. So I'm going to go with Take On Me. I'm going to go with Hazy Shade of Winter uh, by the Bangles. Interesting. Love that one. Now, my last one's going to be Smashing Pumpkins Landslide. Love it. Ooh. Love it. There we go. Little mix. What am I going to... But, I mean, you ask me in five minutes, I'll give you three more. That's the thing. There's there's just too many. There's so many that I can't even like kind of think of it. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. It's a hard one. When I see that popped up, I'm like, fuck, I can't. Because I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh, man. <laughs> um, let's go with um, just for the sake of it. Uh, run DMC, walk this way. How about that? That's, that's that, a great. One. Does that count? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, then let's go with that. There's, there's so many. I mean, we could do a whole fucking episode on top 10,000 cover songs. Because every Literally. now and then, I mean, I will look up, a lot of times I'll hear a song that I like and then immediately go to YouTube and see if there's like a punk rock cover of it. Like sure. this new Taylor Swift song, Antihero, that's out. Yeah. Like the first thing I did was go, okay, let, let me hear like the, the rock covers of it. And I'm like, Find oh. Any? 
uh, there's a couple and some of them are good and some of them are not um a few years ago i got really into this uh sia song elastic heart and there's a ton of different kinds of covers of that song and like once again some are good some are not but there's like a couple in particular that i'm like oh that's a fucking banger uh disney covers there's a ton of good disney song covers there's a actually a band called stellar cart who does like they have like an album of like five or six uh kind of like punk emo uh covers of disney songs including uh kiss the girl uh can you feel the love tonight so there's all tons of stuff like that it just kind of depends what what kind of what kind of cover you're in the mood for and then you could kind of narrow your search from there I'm not. I don't. I'm not a big uh, fan of this band, but I know people like them. Uh, Punk Rock Factory. They have a whole Disney album, just mm. all covers, like twenty covers. They're okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them, but uh, also Our Last Night. This is a band that uh, they just cover the latest song. If there's a popular song, they're covering it. Sam Smith, Unholy, covering it. Banger, boom, so good. Newfound Glory was, I think, kind of 20 years ago. Yeah, they did the album of just movie themes, you know, the 80s movie songs that they covered, and they would put out albums. So there's a ton of those out there. We could tweet a couple of them during the week. I'll make a little uh, playlist. Let's make a playlist. Why not? Let's make a playlist. Thousand songs. That way we do the top thousand. Here we go. Coming at you. And now you're all indebted to us forever. Forever Hit him with them plugs uh, Thank you guys for listening Remember to subscribe to this podcast Wherever it is that you're listening to it Leave a 5 star review And when you do Screenshot it, tweet it to us at Carjomez If you'd like to win an autographed 8x10 from both Gomez and myself Remember to follow us on all the social media At Carjomez Check out my pro wrestling tea store, pro wrestling slash Joe Shoes, youtube.com slash Joe Shoes, all over the social media at the Joe Shoes, the Gomez 154, Instagram and Twitter. And Slang and Slang picks up again next week with Avatar The Way of the Water, <laughs> <laughs> which we actually will go to the theaters and watch. But then we will have the stream on twitch.tv slash mezmovie with Tales from the Crypt, Married with Children, and all, oh, Treevenge. Let's not forget Treevenge. And then whatever little uh, nooks and crannies Gomez will also insert into his stream about an hour and a half that you can pick up as you are listening to this podcast right now. It is already streaming. So go make sure you follow Gomez over at twitch.tv slash mezmovie. Yes. Cannot wait. It's going to be a fun one. But uh, that's next week, Joe. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Let's make like Tom and Cruz. Peace. Peace. Yeah.